Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 66 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how's it going? It's going good, man, but I'm a little confused. I only got one hello today, not hello, hello, hello like we're normally used to. I know. Well, after watching what the Pirates did in this previous series, I feel like only one hello is is uh, is needed today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of cute on Sunday when the Pirates got no hit and still won the game. But in the two games after, when they didn't score a single run, it quickly became really annoying and terrible to watch. And we, I would say, were dangerously close to having having to talk about probably the worst Pirates series in a while, but the Pirates were able to pull out a win in the last game of the series, so we just have a nice average bad series loss and not a extremely terrible series sweep. So I guess there is a positive there. Yeah, there's some silver lining to the series. Obviously, we ended on a high note, but I mean, you can't... It doesn't overshadow the fact that we played like like putrid ass in the first two games. Like we got what wasn't it three hits in game one. And then like a few, maybe a few more in game two. And then game three was a whole different story. I don't know what changed. I don't know if it was because we faced Drew Smiley, but um, that I was really, you know, confused watching this series because the, we, we could have contended with them. I don't understand how things got this bad. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I really don't know how to feel about this series. I really just don't because you want to point out the positives that we won a game, but and not and we didn't get swept. But preceding that was awful. Like I don't know how, like you can find the silver lining and be content with that series. Uh, I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying like anybody, if they are content with this series, I don't know how you could be. But um, yeah, I was. I, I low key was kind of hoping though. And this is going to make me sound like such a terrible Pirates fan, but I was kind of hoping that we would get shut out three games in a row with very little offensive production, because then I think that could have invoked some change, whether it is, you know, shakeups on the active roster, possibly the bane of Andy Haynes getting fucking fired. I, I don't think we talked enough about just how bad he has been for this Pirates offense, because you look at Brian Reynolds, you look at Yoshi Satsugo. You look at some of the other guys whose averages have gone way down and their offensive production has just gone way down. And everybody is so quick to blame the players, myself included. 
But after watching this series, we really need to just step back and take a look at who is running the show offensively. And that's Andy Haynes. And I know there wasn't much expectation behind him, but wow, it's, it's actually become more astonishing than anything, just how bad he has made this pirates offense. Yeah, that's, um, it's an interesting point. And it is always the push and pull of how much of it is coaching, how much of it is just sheer lack of talents. I feel like in the Pirates case, it definitely is a bit of both. But yeah, whenever you look at guys like Brian Reynolds, who I don't know, I'm still, it's still early in the season, but yeah, he's just been pretty just awful. And then you got, you look at guys even like, uh, Cole Tucker, who is no longer with the team, or someone like I'm just pulling up the list here. The other putrid hitters on this team. I mean, Josh Van Meter isn't good. Diego, Diego Castillo has he's cooled off. Um, yeah, Kevin Newman hasn't really worked out since 2019. Yoshi Tsutsugo, that's the big one that I was thinking of. Yoshi Tsutsugo, I mean. Gosh, he needs to go. He needs to go. He's so bad. He's not even good at fielding. He needs to sit, sue, go. <laughs> he needs to sit, sue, go. Oh, my God. I know I've named the, pod, the the podcast I did by myself that one time that Yoshi needs to sit, sue, go. And I feel bad that we keep harping on this because I feel like a lot of people are just thinking that we're going to like thinking we're going to single out. We're singling out Yoshi because of how bad he is. But. To put it in perspective, I came across a very unique stat on Twitter. Um, Yoshi Tsutsugo has a lower OPS than Cole Tucker. That's how you know you have fallen off the, the face of the earth. Yeah, and the thing is, too, he's getting a ton of at-bats. Uh, he's fifth on the team in plate appearances. Meanwhile, you know, he has... He has 17 more plate appearances than Michael Chavis. That is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. Uh, Tsutsugo, just, I don't know. We have Mason Martin who's starting to heat up a little bit more in AAA. But, yeah, I, I, I don't need to see Yoshi Tsutsugo start another game at first base, especially when someone like Michael Chavis is on the roster. And, hell, I don't care. Perhaps you could trot out our big old buddy Daniel Vogelback to play a few games at first base every now and then. I, I don't want him to be the everyday first baseman, but it wouldn't hurt if he if he plays a few games in the field. But yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. The offense has just been terrible. You look at it is as far as team fangraphs war goes, pirates position players as a team, 28th in baseball. So they're at the bottom. Um, it is funny, though, that the Pirates have outscored – the Pirates have beaten the Cubs five games to four, and they've been outscored. I think it was like something like uh, 47 to 15 or something yeah. crazy like that. Um, that is absolutely insane to me. It's it's kind of reminiscent of the 1960 World Series when they were outscored like 55 to 27, one and seven. Obviously, yeah, no, it, it's it's been crazy. And yeah, you look at say the team's run differential. I don't know if they're there yet. I'm I'm looking it up now, but 
we've been we've kind of been checking in here here and there. Yeah, Pirates have the worst run differential in baseball. They have overtaken the Reds minus seventy one, and not only have they overtaken the Reds, they have a nice little lead on the Reds, if you want to call it that. Minus seventy one run differential. The Reds are at minus sixty two, and um, somehow the Pirates are still in third place, which is fun. They're still ahead of the Cubs, sixteen and twenty one. The Pirates are. Cubs are fifteen and twenty one. The Reds are eleven and twenty six. But I, I, I hate to say it, but this season just kind of reminds me of last season where. April was kind of okay for the Pirates. They they hung around. They obviously weren't good, and you knew they weren't good. But they they put together some wins. And then sometime in late May, the giant losing streak happened. And I just feel like it's a matter of time here before the Pirates lose, say, eight or nine games in a row in the season's over, over. It's over now, don't get me wrong. They're not going to do anything of purpose this season, but it's it's a matter of time before we look up and the Pirates are 15 games under 500. i I'm actually surprised we're not at that mark right now. Um, I will say, I think we need to look a little bit more of the bigger picture in terms of this season with the Pirates. They were adding... I, I don't want to say good pieces, but, you know, last year they added the beer keg gut in Trevor Cahill to try and improve, you know, just add an arm to the rotation. This year they bring in a guy like Jose Quintana who's been serviceable and he's been by far our best starter. Um, and he's, he's you know, yeah. according to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette, he is actually really mentoring these younger pitchers. You know, when he talks, they listen. So there's a little bit of a bright side to that. Nobody could have, well, I mean, you kind of might be able to have expected the injury to Roberto Perez, but uh, his hamstring injury, obviously a lot worse than we thought it was. That deal is a tough blow, and that forces them to go bargain hunting for a new catcher. Um, And then you look at Jake Marisnik, who was a cheap and affordable outfielder, but he brought something to the table. He brought a nice glove, some decent speed. He could hit every once in a while. Last year, I mean, there wasn't much in terms of free agent signings. They were just bodies to be bodies. Um, and so I, I look at it as, yeah, we're on the same pace to go back to where we were last year with how, with how bad we were. But I think it's more or less because of, well, A, Derek Shelton trying to overmanage way too much. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a constant that's coming back from last year. But I think it's also because of just luck, pure luck. I mean, look at where we're at. We're in third place right now in the Central Division, despite having the worst run differential. How many? How often do you see that? I, that that to me is more luck than anything. And then with all the injuries and such to probably some of the more bigger names, that's more luck yeah. than anything. So I I think if we step back and look at it, the Pirates were poised to have a better season. Not a great season by any means. Obviously, nowhere near contention. But they were on track to not have as bad of a season as last year. But because of all these injuries, because of Yoshi Sutsugo doing Yoshi Sutsugo things, um, them bringing in probably the worst option for a hitting coach, Oscar Marine is hit or miss with the pitchers. Um, we're on that. We're on that track again for you know, like we were in 2021, like you said. So 
it was unintentional at first, but now I think it's an intentional nosedive again because because reasons. You know, people are hurt. They throw their hands up and say, "Screw it, we're done for the year." Let's throw Josh Van Meter and Yoshi out every day. Let's reward guys like Michael Chabis with a nice week on the bench after he goes three for five in a game with an extra base hit. Because you know we've been getting so many of those lately. That's another thing. Did you notice that we had, we net we didn't have an extra base hit for around three to four days. And the one time we do was when Michael Chavis played. Uh, and no matter what you feel about Michael Chavis, and I say you in terms of just Pirates fans in general, no matter how you may feel about Michael Chavis, you have to be impressed with the fact that he's actually doing stuff on offense. And it does suck that Shelton is not playing him more. Why he's not playing him more is beyond me. I don't know if it's because maybe Chavis looks at fewer pitches than Josh Van Meter, or I I don't, I don't want to say Rodolfo Castro because he just came up, but Van Meter sticks out to me the most. I don't understand why he feels the need to play him over, you know, Chavis any day. Why Yoshi continues to get constant at-bats, but it's, it's, it's a mystery to me, man. Yeah, I mean, it really just every decision this team makes, I it, it is baffling. And I will say, like, as far as farm system building, I have I have defended Ben Sherrington because the farm system wasn't like, you know, the worst in baseball whenever he came and took over. But it was it was it was kind of middle of the road towards towards bad. And now it is like a top five farm system. That said, I mean, some of these decisions recently just blow my mind. And yeah, it, it plays hand in hand with Shelton too. Just the decision, like you said, to add a Josh fan meter, just why the decision to hold on to Cole Tucker for as long as they did. Why? I'm, it, and it is kind of ironic because, yeah, the, all the free agent signings have worked out, you know, until they got injured recently. But the decision to carry two catchers on your 40-man roster going into the season, what is that? That is stupid. And then even the decisions on the pitching side, we could dive into it. But just what – like Will Crow started last night, Tuesday night, whenever you're – or no – what is today? Today we're recording on a Thursday. Wednesday night, Will Crow started. He's been awesome out of the bullpen. Why mess with that? He pitched a few innings, gave up a run. He was fine, whatever. But, you know, Mitch Keller into the bullpen now. I don't hate that because Keller's been bad, but there, it just seems like it just seems like they're throwing darts at the wall and seeing what happens. And I just I don't I don't know. I get it on the pitching side. There aren't really a lot of great options right now besides Quintana, Peters, Bednar are like three good pitchers and Crow. Right now they have four good pitchers on their team. I guess I don't understand this, but according to Fangraphs, Chris Stratton has the third highest F war on the Pirates. I guess he's still a good pitcher. But uh it just I don't know. I don't know what is up with the decisions, what reasons are behind these decisions. Plus, too, I mean, I just – I can't 
I can't, I don't know how many more days I can take of not seeing top prospects called up to the big leagues in the name of service time manipulation. I just, Cruz struggling is one thing, but Rowanzi Contreras being in the minor leagues and getting sent down to the minor leagues after he looked good for his for his three games in Pittsburgh, it just just I mean I want to say it blows my mind. It's baffling. It's confusing. It's not. They want that extra year of service time, but I just can't get behind that reason anymore. I just I don't care anymore. I it's funny in the early Neil Huntington days. Uh, Pirates fans would go crazy if you called up a prospect too early because it's like, oh, my God, you're wasting a year of service time. Why could you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And back then, that's kind of how I thought now. But we're at the point now where I don't even know if we're going to see that player in their seventh year here in Pittsburgh. They might already be traded. So what do I give a give a damn about? Call them up now. Like, it's just... This team is so, so sorry, so bad. And that, I don't know what inning it was in game two of the Cubs series where start of the inning, ground out to Castro, it's short, wasn't a ground out. The throw was a little bit off. Somehow Yoshi couldn't stay on the bag. I could have stayed on the bag catching that throw. The throw wasn't that bad. Yoshi, terrible first baseman, couldn't stay on the bag. Very next play, pop up to third drops Chavis picks it up he should have time to get the out at second for some reason doesn't throw it to second up it's first and second no outs when it should be two outs no one on uh Seiya Suzuki hits a double three nothing Cubs the inning goes on and on and on and on there's another error in there and it just I I think that broke Pirates Twitter a little bit and I think it it broke a lot of Pirates fans and it kind of broke me a little bit. Similarly, last year to when they played the Cubs and they had that play, the Will Craig play, I feel like that broke a lot of Pirates fans too. And oh, I just – I'm sorry to bring up bad memories, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just – I don't know. I don't know what it, what, it, what it is with this team. I don't know how this team possibly looks good anytime soon. I'll tell you what, we need to have more episodes where you're fired up because this is awesome. I'm glad that we finally got Nate to break a little bit, which I guess out of all this pirate sucking, that's one thing that we get is Nate reaching a breaking point. But um, I want to start with a decision. My fastball is on today. Wait, what? I said my fastball is on today. I'm, I'm locating the, the corners. <laughs> Unlike Mitch Keller. Um, Unlike Mitch Keller. I'll give him credit, though. He was better in his relief role, but of Still course. Still gave up a run, but whatever. Whatever. Um, talking about the decision-making, uh, yeah, it, the, the, I want to go with the pitching first. Dylan Peters, his numbers blew up because Shelton decided to take him out of the you know middle to late-inning relief role. God knows why. Dylan Peters. See, Derek Shelton has this thing where if you like, you know the saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. His his personal philosophy has to be framed in his office with using fantastic word art, and it says, if something's not broken, fix it anyway, fuck it up, and then you know throw your hands up and say, I don't know what happened. Because Dylan Peters is not a bad pitcher. And he was not a he is not by any means a bad reliever. And I don't understand the the reasoning for you know starting him. 
And instead of, and I get people are going to say the piggyback role, but that's, that's what I can only work for so long. And it proved the other day when Dylan Peters just got shelled in the first inning, he didn't even make it through an inning. And then Bryce Wilson came in and I don't understand why we take Dylan Peters out of that relief role when something that he has excelled upon this season after being mid, you know, mid last year at starting pitching, I don't get why Shelton felt the need to put him there. And I'm sure you can listen to any of his post-game conferences and you'll hear him say something like, I, you know, he's wanted to give him looks, see where he's at. Uh, you know, Pete, Pete's a good kid. You know, he, he can throw. Uh, he can, he, he's a good worker. You know, he's wanted to see what he wanted. That's not a bad Thanks, a bad I speak idiot. So, um, <laughs> but I don't understand why he decided to pull out Dylan Peters in a role where he was actually working in to try, to experiment. Like, what happened to just trying to win games? Like going with what works. Why does Shelton feel the need to just pick apart? It's almost like when you're playing MLB The Show and you're putting players out of position in your lineup. Now you can do that in the virtual world because then you can restart the game and everything goes back to normal. But in real life, you can't do that. You make these guys look worse than they actually are. Rodolfo Castro is another one. He is not a shortstop. He is a second baseman and a third baseman. I am actually surprised they have not tried moving Castro to the outfield because because history. Had Castro's throw it short, yes, it angered fans and it pulled Yoshi off the bag. Throw Some fine. people were saying the know. throw was off. I didn't get to I didn't get to see it because I was listening to the game on the radio and Bill Block and his infinite wisdom can't describe yeah. a play to save his life. <laughs> um, oh, now we're going after broadcasters. All right. I love it. I, listen, I don't go after many broadcasters for the Pirates. Joe Block, I will because I hate listening to him. He's got a great voice, but he's a terrible approach when it comes to calling a baseball game. Um, but that's beside <laughs> the point. I was hearing Castro made a bad throw. Some people were saying Yoshi was pulled off or Yoshi couldn't stay on the base on a routine throw, which is very possible. And I would believe that over Castro having a bad throw. But I'm playing devil's advocate here. If it was a bad throw by Rodolfo Castro, he's right. not a shortstop. Your shortstop is over 6'7", and he's down in AAA right now. Yes, he's slumping, but do you see the exit velocity on this guy's yep. hitting? He's hitting, up. he's hitting up. Yeah, hit a ball 122 miles an hour. That's the hardest hit ball in life. And yet he is in triple fucking A. While meanwhile, we have a guy named Josh Van Meter who can barely get it out of the damn infield. I, and that goes to the front office decision-making. But we're focusing on Sheldon and his flaws because he's made a lot of them recently. P- Peters was one of them. Crow, he got lucky. And by he, I mean Shelton. Shelton got lucky for Crow doing so well in that uh, in that piggyback role as a starter. It, and I bet in any money we would be hammering him even more if Crow sucked. But Crow didn't do terrible. We'll give him that credit. Um, that was yesterday's game he started, right? Yeah, two innings. He still gave up a run, but yeah. But, I mean, still. A right, run. right. Like, yeah, I know. But then Keller came in as a reliever. And something not- notable, uh, Dijon Kravacevic, you know, of DK Pittsburgh Sports, he made out an interesting tweet. Right. The Pirates aren't doing anything to improve players. They will just rather take out a starting pitcher and put him in the bullpen no. because it's like they know that they're going to just somehow do better. I mean, pitching one inning compared to five is a big difference. So obviously they're going to make these guys look better by putting them in that scenario, but then they're wasting the good relievers by making them piggyback in the first inning, which in turn they pretty much get shelled upon. Dylan Peters, great example of that. He's not a bad pitcher, but now he looks worse because of game one. Um, 
then the lineups, God forbid, we could hammer this home all day about how the lineup management's going. There are people now, and you, you said it best, Pirates Twitter is broken at this point because of Derek Shelton and Ben Charrington, but mostly Shelton. When do we get a consistent lineup? Like, when, I, like we get maybe a consistent one through four, two days out of a calendar, out of a calendar month. And then it's always like, you know, uh, it, it's trying to play, you know, play uh, a plug and play. That's what I'm thinking of. You're trying to plug and play with the lineup. You're putting guys in parts of the order where they shouldn't be. Right now, he, Brian, should lead off. I don't understand why Shelton puts him in the three hole. Brian Reynolds, maybe two or three. Vogelback should either be batting third or fourth. Mm-hmm. That's where you should go. And then you formulate it from there, figure out who's doing the best part, and make that a consistent lineup. Because the more you, you, you move these guys around, the less productive they're going to be because they're so worried about where they're going to be next. Or if they have a good game, are they even going to make the lineup the next day? And right now, if I'm Michael Chavis, I'm pissed off. Because if I'm playing well, why the hell would I get benched yeah. for a guy who can't hit in Josh Van Meter? Like, he'll hit once. Yes, well, Yoshi's Yoshi. the elephant in the room, and we hammer him. I hammer him a little too much. So I'm trying to spread the love or the anti-love, if that. But yes, absolutely, Yoshi. The guy who had a lower OPS than Cole Tucker. The guy who looks scared when he's at the plate. I see it. His body language says everything. The dude can't even swing smoothly. He looks oh, just... Struggling. Put him out of his misery. Literally, fucking DFA him. And... Oh, and you mentioned the freaking minor leaguers. Like we already talked about O'Neill Cruz, Mason Martin. Oh my God. Today he had a towering two run shot to tie the game against Toledo off good old pirates friend, Drew Hutchison, not to let, or, you know, not to add a little insult to injury too, but the guy is raking. Cal Mitchell is doing well. And if we're going to double a Lee over Piguero deserves a promotion over anybody on the curve. Why isn't he up? Why are we still trotting out these guys day in and day out and still giving them hope that they might be mid? But when we have the talent down in the minor leagues, I wouldn't mind if we were 16 and 21, a bad run differential, if we were giving these young guys a chance. But we're not. We're giving, as you would say, a quadruple A player group multiple chances for what? For what? And Let's tie this in with the front office a little bit more, too. Remember Connor Overton? How couldn't? How couldn't you? He freaking, he shelled us. He looked like freaking Cy Young 2.0 against the Pirates. And he looks great now. Why did we get rid of him? We claimed him off waivers. He got three innings with the Pirates at the end of last year when it didn't matter. He was still good, and we got rid of him. And yet we kept... Oh, it's it's the decision making that we prefer terrible talent over guys that actually have a shot to do well. I'm not saying Overton would look this good in a Pirates uniform this year. If anything, he might look like shit. I'm glad we don't know if he looks like shit in the Pirates uniform this year. But I still wish we would have given him a chance because he's worthy of it. So are the guys down in AAA, even a few guys in AA. I'll give them the credit. How about Andres Alvarez? Nobody knows who the fuck he is, but yet he's doing great. He has a 276 average, six home runs. That's like top on the curve right now, and nobody knows who he is. But yet he won't get a promotion. Peggy won't get a promotion. None of these guys are going to get a promotion unless literally half of our roster gets hurt. But even then, we're still going to go cla- you know, waiver claiming. It's, it, it makes no sense to me. I mean, 
we can pick apart and make sense of it because it's the pirates. But to me personally, as a fan, as a baseball observer, it makes no sense. These decisions that Charrington and Shelton were making. And listen, I was an optimistic guy about, about uh, Charrington when he came about, I, you know, and the way he rebuilt the, the farm system, I, I have to give him credit there. Even the lower end of our farm system, like the Florida Gulf Coast League, those teams look great. But it's the major league talent. We are in year two or three of this rebuild, and we are showing no signs of wanting to improve the major league roster. But when do you think this dividing line is for yeah, when they start giving three. a shit? So I think, bringing it back to Sheldon, I think uh, – He's got to be gone after this season. He does. And I remember well, like one of our very first um, fiery podcasts, if you will, you just crapped all over Derek Sheldon. I said, you know, I, we got to see that they don't really – they're not trying to win this year. We got to see how he does maybe this year, next year, and that was last year. Well, we're, we're in year three of Derek Sheldon, even though 2020 wasn't really a – legitimate season but year three Derek Shelton and he's just he's John Russell with a personality and the guy just I don't know I I don't know how his players really get behind what he has to say especially to like you said these players there's no consistency there's no there's no rules there's no there's no I come to the ballpark every day and I know what my job is that day. There's none of that. It's like they throw crap at the wall and they see what sticks. Sometimes it does. Most of the times it doesn't. And yeah, the, the talent, the eye for talent that Sherrington has for these waiver claims is is just awful. It really is awful. And they're just wasting time starting these players that have no future in Major League Baseball at all. I mean, you look at this current roster. Is Yoshi going to get another chance after this? Probably not. Um, is Van Meter going to get another chance after this? Probably not. On the pitching side, I mean, is Bryce Wilson going to get another chance after this? I don't know. Probably not. He's terrible, too. Like, these these. These flyers, I guess you could call them lottery tickets, but they're $1 lottery tickets. They're not expensive, good lottery tickets where you actually have a chance to win big. They're bad. They're bad players, and like you said, they're just they're just clogging up the Major League roster. That's all they're doing. And, you know, if, if I was making the lineup tomorrow night in St. Louis, I think it would be a pretty good lineup. This is what I would do. You lead things off with Gamble. As the school bus goes by, you lead things off with Gamble. You got Hayes second. You got Reynolds third. You got Vogelback fourth at DH. You got Chavis fifth. He's at first. You got O'Neill freaking Cruz in the lineup, batting sixth at shortstop. Then after that, you can you can convince me on Diego Castillo, second base. And then uh, Jack Sawinski, right field, which I guess kind of shout out to him. He he had a home run. He at least has some power. He has three home runs on the season. The average doesn't look great, but 
he's figuring things out. You bat him eighth, and then you bat whatever catcher the <laughs> crap catchers on this roster. One of them, you bat ninth, and I don't know. That's a decent ish lineup, I think. I don't know, but yet here we are. Every other day, I got to see Josh Van Meter bat fifth. I got to see Yoshi bat fifth. I got to see. I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Actually, I take it back. Put Castro in the lineup instead of Diego Castillo right now. But yeah, that, that I don't know. I feel like that's a decent lineup. And then on the pitching side, the only starters on this team should be Quintana. It should be Brubaker, who Brubaker, I feel bad for him in this game against the Cubs. He got totally unlucky. He struck out 10 hitters. He actually looked pretty decent. He would be a starter. Rolandi Contreras, isn't that crazy to think that maybe he should be in the major leagues? He would be in my rotation. I would still throw Mitch Keller out there. I would. I'm sorry. That's just I just can't let go. I'd throw him in the rotation. And then fifth, sure, give me a piggyback game with Will Crow or Dylan Peters. Maybe I, I guess I guess Bryce Wilson, but. I don't know. Just the way that this roster is currently being handled is just, oh, Zach Thompson. That's my fifth starter. That's who I forgot. Zach Thompson is easily my fifth starter. Um, yeah, give me Quintana, Brubaker, Keller, Rowanzi, and Thompson. That's not, it's not good, but that, I mean, it's at least, I want to see an effort being made to put forth playing the best players possible on this roster. And they just have no interest in doing that. And I don't know why I really don't know why. And it makes me want to throw up. I don't know why they don't have an interest in fielding the best team. Like you would think for a club that is awful right now. And even with the people that we have on the roster, you would think Derek Shelton's mindset is let's not look like absolute shit and look like we're punting before the first pitch even happens. But no, he and I will give you credit. That, that, that is a great lineup, great pitching rotation. Uh, no, I don't know if they're great, but they're better. I uh, give me the opinion of, of yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, definitely, be, you know, great in terms of when you're opposing uh, Derek Shelton. Um, Selection, yeah, yeah, right, right. Thank you. Um, I would probably for catcher though. I'd probably go Heineman just because we first we just got him. So you know, yeah, why not? That, that's that fine sucks. with me. We're not certain that he sucks yet. And plus, he came from the Blue Jays, and they're not terrible. Um, Classic Sherrington connection there. That's all he can do. But sorry, keep going. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't get this. Maybe bring up Carter Bins from AAA. He's been on fire. You know, it, it, there's you, 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 can't, you don't want to say how much worse can it get. Because you know damn well they'll dig they'll dig deeper than the bedrock. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm so tired of the ineptitude here from you know the leadership in the clubhouse. And I agree with your point. I don't understand how these players can buy into Derek Shelton's cheap words day in and day out, knowing damn well that he is setting them up to fail. Whether he knows and it's intentional or it's completely accidental. He is setting the pirates up to fail miserably and worse than they should. I mean, with the, with the way our talent is, we shouldn't be this bad. If we threw out a consistent lineup, like we actually could be okay, but no, he wants to, he wants to just jumble it up the entire time. He has no plan. I think that's where this is. 
he doesn't have a plan for this team. And and yeah, let me take it, let me take it a step further too. Sorry to cut you off, but the thing with him is this is this is going to taint the team going on to the future because the 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 culture of this team is just it's it's nothing. There is nothing. And like these players aren't going to know what it means to be on a major league baseball team because they're not playing for a major league coach. They're not playing for a major league baseball team right now. They're playing for a clown show. And I mean, it's, it's gonna like in the long run, it might, it might hamper future development. And uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. And it, <laughs> I feel like we're going to reach a point where, you know, the narrative of trading good prospects before they even make the major leagues or maybe they get hot in the major leagues, that's going to hold true. And it's not even because the the ineptitude of the front office. You could overhaul it, but these players are just going to say, get me the fuck out of Pittsburgh because I could be stellar. I could be the second coming of Mike Trout, and I'm still going to ride the pine. At least get me somewhere where I can do, you know, where I can excel, show off what I have and, you know, get at least consistent reps every day. But no, uh, yeah, it, I, I'm glad you interrupted me because that's a good point. It, the whole culture of this team is going to go to shit. And it sucks because Pittsburgh is such a big sports town. I mean, you would know. You live in Pittsburgh. The, the, the That's all Pittsburgh has been for years is the success. It, it depends on the success of the sports teams. And this is a golden opportunity for the Pirates because the Steelers, they have to find themselves again. The Penguins can't escape the first round. You would want to think they would want to grab onto this time and try to make the most of it and make it, you know, almost like 2013 where baseball was supreme in Pittsburgh. You would think, but no, they don't want to do that. It's almost like they're content with, I can't even say mediocrity because this isn't mediocre. This is terrible. But I, I, well, that's kind of how it is. They are content because at the very top, at the ownership level, they are content. Bob Nutting makes his money. He collects his checks. He writes his checks to his content staff of management, and they're content just being bad. And that's just that it, that's that is what it is. And it is sad because, like you said, Pittsburgh is it's a it's a great baseball town. And I feel like you know if the team tried, if the team had a Steve Cohen like owner that tried and wanted to win and took pride in putting out a good product baseball in Pittsburgh would be like a top 10 market. I feel like it. They're just so starved. We're all just so starved to see the team not completely and totally suck, but uh, you know, they're content. Bob Nutting's content and he'll take his revenue sharing money, put it in his pocket, sleep well at night. And idiots like us will continue following this team and getting mad about it. And uh, it's just, it's really sad. And I don't know. It just sucks. Yeah. And then we're still going to buy tickets and go watch the Sky Blast and Belly Fireworks Showcase. We're going to buy tickets for Bobblehead Night. We're going to buy into it. I, I mean, that's there's no denying that. And I think it's because, not because we're mindless Pirates fans. I think it's just because we, A, how, we hold on to we like baseball. Yeah, we like baseball, and we hope too much. We want this team to be good, and that in of itself should spark anybody, but it won't in Pittsburgh. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue to support the team, yeah. and I think it also goes without standing or without saying that we support the ownership and the coaches. We go to these games, we watch these games, we buy these jerseys to support the players, not the, not the you know the, it's the it's 
the higher ups that are setting these players to fail or up to fail because these players don't suck. Some of them do, but not all of them. And the ones that don't suck, we're the ones supporting them. And, you know, we got to take a step back and realize like we, that's who we support, but it also has a negative effect. Like you said, Bob Nutting's going to pocket his money and revenue sharing is going to kick in. He'll sleep great at night on his million dollar mattress and he's not going to give a damn, but we're also supporting the players. And I think that needs to be said especially since of all the just the the trashing we just did on this organization, it is all about the players and we can only hope. And I think that's why we get so mad because we want these players to succeed and we want them to have a successful environment around them. But when they're not given it, that's when we get more pissed. And that's why we have episodes like this where we just completely shit talk the entire, the entire organization. It's therapy. It was a good therapy session. Um, before we wrap up here, let's just return back to earth a little bit. Uh, look at this, look at the schedule here. The pirates we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, today, when you're listening to this, uh, they do return back home and it's a three game series with the St. Louis Cardinals and Friday night, we have Zach Thompson against Adam Wainwright, who I don't know if Adam Wainwright's ever given up a run against the pirates. Who knows? Saturday, we have Jose Quintana, and he will be opposing Miles Michaelis. And then Sunday for the 11.35 a.m. Peacock game. Interesting. Uh, We have Bryce Wilson listed as the starter, and he will oppose Steven Matz. And I'll just say it now because baseball is stupid. There's no in-between. The Pirates are either going to win two out of three and look competent and we'll come back and pod about it and look like idiots, or they'll get swept and we could just continue this talk. Uh, I'm After all the ranting we just did, I got to be, I got to stick tr- you know, true to who I am. We're going to get swept. There's <laughs> it, Saturday could be competitive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Adam Wainwright, despite his age, is going to look like prime Adam Wainwright against us. Quintana is going to throw a gem probably on Saturday. It'll be nothing, nothing in the bottom of the seventh. You know, Quintana looks great. We'll head to the eighth, and that's when the Cardinals put up like five runs against probably Dwayne Underwood because of his last game was pretty good. So he's probably going to get more opportunities. Um, the eleven thirty game. Oh, geez, Bryce Wilson starting? No, I ain't taking that. So I'm going to say we're going to get swept by the Redbirds. That's fair. And I will say Adam Wainwright in his past two starts has been electric. Uh, His last start, he went six innings, gave up two. And in the start before that, he went seven scoreless. So good luck, Pirates. Um, But, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll be back Sunday afternoon to talk some more plank, some more Pirates. And um, we will wrap things up here. Jake, any any last words here before – before uh, we wrap things up. Um, and pretty much all I said was in that rant. So uh, let's, yeah, I have nothing else. Awesome. You can follow Jake on Twitter at underscore radio Jake. Is that right? That is correct. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H-U-R-S-H. And of course you can follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Thank you all for listening. And um, maybe the Pirates will make us eat our words. I doubt it, though. Everyone have a great rest of your day, though.
Peace out.